Hello, I'm Holly, and welcome to the podcast Spooky Saturday. My friend Kayla and I are here to question the suspicious, investigate the intriguing, and do our best to distinguish fact from fiction. Each episode, we dive headfirst into a topic of choice and find stories, evidence, history, and more to discuss and debate. Join us in earning some merit badges, Spooky Scouts. Now let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to Spooky Saturdays. Whoa. Here we are again. We're here. We're alive. These days are spooky, indeed. And we're back. Welcome, Spooky Scouts. Are we ready to get spooky? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, chat. Hi, chat. And hello, podcast listeners who we will not interact with. (laughs) But pretend you're here with us in the room, but six feet away. Oh, thank you. My hair, my hair, I have my curls today. Yeah, it looks really good. Thank you. Yeah. I just, I mean, what are you going to do when you're locked down inside? You're just going to let your hair dry. Yeah. Do (laughs) do things with your hair. Yeah. We can talk about more things that can be done, which is what the topic of tonight. Yeah. If you're stuck at home, some some stuff you can get up to. (laughs) Yeah. Things, paranormal things to get up to at home is today's theme. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good idea, but you know. All we've been really doing is playing Animal Crossing, so... It's true, it's all I care about in this yeah. on this earth. That and my Tamagotchi, which I also bought yeah. for the occasion. That's amazing. It's like, you already have enough animals, but now you also have a Tamagotchi. <laughs> hey, he's easy. I just let him play with the VR headset 20 times and then he's happy, so... <laughs> the Tamagotchi has a VR headset? Yes. Yes. God damn it. They, they also have, like, really detailed 3D screens and multiple worlds they can Whoa. visit now. And what? Yeah, it's very extensive, Jesus. but it's still like a tiny little thing. It's still like a tiny little egg. Oh, but now yeah. it's all like advanced. Yeah. Oh, man. A VR headset it can play with. That's awesome. So. I love it. Oh, man. So we're going to start today's... Oh, hi, Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> Mojo's here. Um, we're going to start today's Spooky Saturday with a little bit of just... What is it? What I was going to say, like current events um, mm-hmm. that don't involve the pandemic that we're all living through right now. All right. So here are 10 things currently happening in the world besides coronavirus. Okay. This may or may not make you feel better. Oh, no. (laughs) So there's a plague of locusts about to tear through Africa. (laughs) What constitutes a plague? I, you know, I don't know. Like biblical proportions? An asteroid is going to fly by Earth. Oh, as long as it flies by. Yeah, that's it, fine. What? Well, wait, we're getting to that. I have another. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just wait. A second person was cured of HIV in the UK. That's good. Okay. Yeah, that's impressive, right? Yeah. Uh, Harvey Weinstein was found guilty and will probably die in jail. I mean, he's, okay. that, you know, that the law took its, took its toll on okay. someone who was doing bad things. And uh, dengue fever cases going up and are being overlooked because of the coronavirus. Right. That's my concern. I'm like, (laughs) are we going to worry about other things also at the same time that aren't going anywhere? Yeah, we should, probably. Um, But anyway, speaking of that asteroid in other current event news, Reddit user Shadow X and Z. (laughs) You're going to say Shadow X the Hedgehog. I know. Oh, coming close. (laughs) Uh, this is their theory. 
And uh, I'm just going to read this to you because this all ties together. All this news and the coronavirus and everything, it's all caused. Are you ready? Okay. Here's here's the, the interlinking conspiracy theory of why everything is happening at once. I'm using very big quotations around all of this. Okay. <laughs> but it's a good it's a good one. The recent bushfires in Australia, the almost war with Iran and COVID-19 are all connected and bigger are in part of a bigger plan that has the survival of the human race as its goal. Okay. A few years a few years ago, leading astronomers discovered a group of asteroids on a direct collision course with Earth, and ever since, leading governments worked on the plan that we now see unfold. SpaceX and the BFR were plan A, but recent engine failures and other delays made clear that a different solution had to be found. The latest trajectory calculations suggest Australia and Iran as possible major impact zones. The bushfires in Australia had two goals, to get Australia ready for a bigger catastrophe, and at the same time to get rid of as much of the forest as possible to reduce the risk of secondary fires after the impact. The almost war with Iran had a similar goal, to get the region ready for the impact. COVID-19 is used to get as many people into safe places as possible without creating an uncontrollable panic. Various viral outbreaks in the recent past, SARS, MERS, and H1N1 were used as trials to gain data on viral spreads and to create a fast-spreading virus with a lowish death rate that would have the desired effect of scaring the population into hiding while the asteroids are coming without killing most of us. Oh, so they're saying that those... (laughs) <laughs> were just like to to gather information because they could have just used the World of Warcraft thing yeah, to gather the information well, they needed. The, there's so there's so like I mean clearly this is just someone reaching, but I, I like I just love that they took everything. Oh my god, yeah, we put the fiction in the chat. It's perfect. <laughs> I just love that they took everything that was happening. And they're like it's connected, and I'm like maybe I don't I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a bunch of bad things happening. But I love that when we all start getting desperate that this is how we cope with it. It's like, we're just going to find connections. Like, yeah, find a reason for it when there's none. like this person has one of those boards with a bunch of the red string on it. <laughs> which I really want to make, by the way. I just want to make one of those. Oh, please do. Just like, Oh my gosh. Can we make like a spooky Saturday one with just like yes, red? Yes, we can. Red, just with like, like cryptids yeah. and then caves. Everything goes to <laughs> caves. Like a cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once our vests are done, we'd like one day we should like just do a photo shoot once we can like travel again. Oh yeah. Just in front of like a thing with like red <laughs> red yarn and just caves. Caves. Yeah. Uh anyway, yeah, that could be a movie, Aleel. I th- I'm pretty sure it was. It wasn't like Armageddon or one of those? Like but anyway. gosh. I I like when you said the asteroid I thought about Armageddon, which the last time I watched that, I was like deliriously feverish and I couldn't watch Men in Black, so I decided I wanted to watch Armageddon instead and I was like this movie is bad even when you're deliriously like just like fever of 103. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. But there so there's more before we get into all of the other stuff. Like I've just been trolling the the not trolling as in like trolling as in like looking not actually not being mean fish trolling that kind of trolling <laughs> i've been um looking through the cons- r slash r conspiracy theories and boy it's just oh. it is just this is ripe right now this is my favorite ceos and high profile people are stepping down in a way something we are not being informed about is going to happen in the near future governments are using the pandemic to lock us down in our homes for our safety they know something we do not. The coronavirus is not the biggest event of 2020. Oh no, oh lord, it's coming. 
Our Lord, it's common that says I completely agree. So this that original post was by user slash season W two thirty. Not not to be confused with season W four twenty. <laughs> oh, good. And this person says from the med life says I completely agree. Actually, came on here to see if other people had more info on this. It seems like coronavirus is just a smokescreen for a bigger plan and things happening behind the scenes, especially with Trump saying quarantines can last until July. There's definitely more. Also, look at the timeline of all these CEOs leaving. They were all in the same one-month time span. It's perfectly planned out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait. Season season 2.230 comes back, and here's, here's where it all comes together. Are you ready? It's the best part. Okay. You ready? Yes. From what I've been reading, ET disclosure is coming this year. <gasps> Trump was chosen for this specific task. It what? is thought mass arrests are underway in the U.S. is ensuring the safety of people using the lockdowns. Governments are working together all over the world in efforts to make this happen. The pandemic is the pandemic is an excuse and cover up. More soon on in April, I think it's going to be a massive year, and not from the coronavirus. The coronavirus looks to be a failed bioweapon. Be scared of any solution they may be offering. I personally won't accept any vaccine they offer. Oh boy! Ooh. Now we know. Uh oh, we got an anti-vaxer here. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, yikes! Yikes! Ugh. Uh. Oh my god, FYI, they can keep it. FYI, Bill Gates is one of those that stepped down. <laughs> that was the F- end. <laughs> FYI. Is there some theory oh about Bill boy. Gates I'm not aware of? Oh my god. That's amazing. Allele 42, yeah, this uh, this is also a cover-up. Maybe it's all just a cover-up. All of it's a cover-up. <laughs> so, they're implying that Trump was chosen to be the person to reveal to the world that they're aliens. There is a Bill Gates conspiracy. Jack says there's a Bill Gates conspiracy. Okay, what is it? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Let's look. Let's find it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, while you you look that up, and I'm going to tell you the one conspiracy I know about because um, my coworker told me about it. About oh, yeah. The coronavirus. There was a psychic who oh. wrote a book. What year was that? It was like years ago. Uh, 2008. The psychic Sylvia Brown. Wrote oh my god, book. Sylvia Brown? Yeah. Of produ- I don't know. I'm not familiar with her, but I think she's like kind of... She was like a woo-woo person. Yeah, yeah. She she wrote in a book in 2008, the really dire bad news for health won't make its appearance until late in the second half of the century, which we'll discuss several pages from now. The only real alarming developments in the first half will be far outweighed by the advancements I've just described, but they're worth mentioning. So this is what's going to be in the first half of the century. A bacterial infection resembling the quote-unquote flesh-eating disease of several years ago will arrive in 2010, transmitted to humans by almost microscopic mites, undetectably imported on exotic birds. Known medications and antibiotics will be completely ineffective against this fungus-like, extremely contagious disease, and its victims will be quarantined until it's discovered that the bacteria can be destroyed through some combination of electrical currents and extreme heat. That's really dumb. But the (laughs) second one... In around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread um, throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived, attack again 10 years later, and then disappear completely. So, what do we think about this? Uh, A lot of people say that it's just because at around that time, um, like just before that, what was it? Was it there was another respiratory disease at, uh, right before two thousand eight? So they they figured oh, that okay. she was just like 
just like, oh, this had happened, so probably 2020. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But what, I don't know, what do you all think? Fact or fiction? Is that real? You think she saw the future? Uh, okay, here's the, I don't know, who knows, maybe. I mean, I like to think that psychic things are a, like, ripple from collective, like, consciousness. Does that make sense? Yeah, my thought is, like, that and also, like, maybe she saw... Alternate, she sees like alternate timelines, yeah. like things that could happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. Okay, let's see. This is the Instagram post spreads conspiracy theory about Bill Gates. A video touting an unfounded conspiracy theory that Bill Gates is behind the coronavirus outbreak has gone viral on Instagram. With the help of accounts of celebrities such as Cedric the Entertainer, D.L. Hewley, and Derek Lewis, a mixed martial artist. Why are we believing these people? <laughs> <laughs> like, the video has been viewed, viewed more than 2.2 million times, according to data from social media analyst CrowdTangle. It was reposted by 20 verified Instagram users and more than 50 other users, which doesn't mean anything. It says Bill Gates either predicted or planned the coronavirus outbreak. <laughs> oh, planned it. Oh my god. Wait, where's the video? It says, Cedric the Entertainer posted the video to his Instagram account and wrote, They knew! <laughs> Oh, it's from a 2015 TED Talk in which Gates explains that a highly infectious virus could be more deadly than war. Like, of course, no, Bill Gates is just smart. Oh my gosh, um, Jack just handed me a, a little article and it says, it elaborates on this. Oh, okay. A similar conspiracy theory has been made its way into the brains of more mainstream figures. This posits the idea that software mogul Bill Gates and financier and philanthropist uh, George Soros were involved in concocting oh, course, the virus. Of course, George Soros. Yeah, with the Chinese Communist Party. In a now-deleted tweet on the 27th of February, the Republican California congressional candidate Joanne Wright wrote, quote-unquote, or quote, the coronavirus is a man-made virus created in a Wuhan laboratory. Ask Bill Gates who financed it. Oh my God. <laughs> in another oh disappeared God. tweet, she added, doesn't Bill Gates finance research at the Wuhan lab where the coronavirus was being created? It wasn't Isn't George Soros a good friend of Gates? No. So, based on these tweets, I guess people were like, it's true. And that's what's like, it's like, like as for, for a podcast that we do that's about conspiracy theories and about like cryptids and aliens and stuff like that, like stuff like that is just so wild. I'm like, there's no, like, why are you like... I'm sorry, but like the deep state stuff is where I'm just like, okay, all right, everyone needs to chill. Like you guys yeah. need to, you guys need to chill right now. Like no one's doing this. You're fine. Like just uh, stop. Right? Yeah. Never went full. If George Soros funded as much as the right wing thinks he did, he'd be the world's first and only quadrillionaire. No, the reason <laughs> the reason why uh, Bill Gates was threatening about this is because this sort of thing happened already. It happened in the early 1900s. It's happened in other. It's it's already happened multiple times. We've had pandemics multiple times. Just none of us have been alive to see them. And now we are. Surprise. So here it is. Here it is. Time. Yeah. And unfortunately, because it's such a strange thing, like, no, no one was prepared for it. We should have been prepared for it because it was probably more likely than like an earthquake or a, you know, volcano or something because there's so many people in so many of the like wet markets in China, mm -hmm. where it came from, which, by the way, they had even made illegal. A lot of them they made illegal after the bird flu, because that was caused by another wet market, which more or less what they do is they just they have chickens and other birds and animals and they kill them right there in the street and the blood <gasps> and everything gets everywhere because in a lot of those markets, traditionally, 
Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you, Fem of Center. Yes. No one is going to call call COVID-19 anything racist. Just take take a back seat on that. Just because it came from China doesn't mean that it has to do with China. Yeah. Anyway, it has to do with the wet markets, which they have other places, not just in China. But those clearly should not be there because they're not, they don't have proper cleaning, like, like, systems, more or less, because they're killing these animals in an open air market, and and then immediately boiling them and immediately killing them and immediately like, so like everything just mixes together. And that's what makes it, which is, in and of itself is terrifying. That's but it has awful. nothing to do which country it came from. Our president yeah. is just very, again, uh, just mistaken. He's just mistaken. Yeah, it's real enchanter exactly. It was just a matter of time. It wasn't nece- it wasn't and Bill Gates was right. He wasn't part of the deep state. <laughs> he just was like he just read books and did did like studies. Oh my god. Well, that's the thing. That's the other thing Saucefire is that they did ban wet markets. And they did ban some of them, but people just then people did it under the table and in other places which made it even worse because then it wasn't even in public. And so it was yeah, it was bad. Clovelet, I think they're, yeah, I think maybe if they allow the wet markets to have, like, they would have to just have them in different facilities, like, and not just out in the street, like, if they want to still keep doing that. Like, they can't, because the problem is, is, like, people aren't, aren't, don't know the, like, proper ways to not spread disease. And I think that's where the problem comes in. And that's why we're here. Ta-da! Hooray! <sighs> Yeah, yeah, and illegal wildlife trade and people and like people stealing pangolins and people doing all yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff that like people should not be in any country in any part of the world doing that. But what's funny is like no one talks about how like swine flu came from here. They don't call it like the America virus. Mm-hmm. It came from here. <laughs> like it's true. Or what about mad cow? That came from the UK. Are you gonna call it the like the ca- the UK virus? Just like stopping buttholes. Anyway, I'm done. <laughs> Re- hashtag an, an release the butthole, butthole cut. <laughs> Did you see the cat butthole cut? No. Oh my god, there's a butthole cut of cats where like someone had to go through and erase every butthole, which means that somewhere <gasps> there's a cats, an episode of cats that has just buttholes. They put buttholes on <laughs> yeah, them? But then someone had to take them off. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, release the butthole cut. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, well let's Let's move into our topic of the week because we're just going to keep going off. I mean, we've been, we're all under quarantine. Things are wild. So we're just going to go off the rails a little bit. It's, it's fine. That can't be real. Someone said it was real. Oh, it was I a CGI it. era that looked like buttholes. Okay, but. But what if there was? Just like, what if there was buttholes? Come on. It would be pretty great in this just dark let us time. have this butthole. Let us have these buttholes. Yeah. Well, do you want to tell your story about going for a walk? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Current events. I told, I mentioned to, to Holly beforehand that I went for a walk a few days ago during the day because I've been working from home. I'm being made to work from home. And so I took my dog for a walk at like 8 a.m. or something. And this woman was walking like 30 feet ahead of me. And she turned at the end of the road to walk back my way. And we would have still been on like opposite sides of the road okay that's more than six feet as as they say right and she saw me coming and she went into her house and i was like okay i guess she's just like done walking and so i walked by and i get to the end of the road too and turn back because i wanted to get back in time for lunch and i turn back and she's ahead of me again so she waited (laughs) for me to pass by her house 
to come back out and keep walking. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so she's like, again, like 20 feet ahead of me, walking very slowly. Okay. And then we get to a little crossroad where I'm going to keep walking straight to go back to my house. And she goes to turn around again to go back. And she sees me and she throws her arms up in frustration. She just like throws her hands up <laughs> in the air in frustration. And then like goes down the side street until I pass. And then I look back again and she had came back out. So, so like she was like that afraid of being near me. You're like, you, but you were across the street. Yeah. I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, the social distancing is six feet, you guys. Yeah, it's not 30 plus feet. Like, we, no. were, we were not remotely close to each other. I was like, okay, sorry for ruining your morning by yeah. making your walk difficult. I need to walk my dog. It's like, I've noticed a lot of that, though. Like, I just, uh, like, I just went... Oh, that's awesome. Big bad King Boom Boo went out in a plague doctor mask. If I had oh one, my I would hundred percent do that. I do. I have one that's like the bottom. Yeah, the you bottom should just half. go do it. <laughs> I should. Imagine if you coughed though, yeah. I have really bad allergies. No, in me the too. I have really I bad, bad allergies all the time and I'm just like, oh well <laughs> Yeah. Here it comes. I'm like, oh okay, everybody's scared of me, which is like fine, but also I don't want to feel ashamed of walking outside in the open air. Oh, Parsonsi said they've got to go into work on Monday to provide emergency childcare to frontline workers' kids. That's really nice. Thank, thank you for being here for them. That's really nice. If that's one thing I've noticed is that everyone ha- has been like really considerate of like older neighborhood folks and stuff like that. Like I have an older neighbor and I like said hi to her and like, she needed anything from a six foot distance. I said yeah. this. <laughs> like we stopped in the street. We're six feet away from each other and um. She was just like, yeah, it's been so sweet. Like she, like she said, someone made her cry because they were just like so nice to check on her and stuff. Aww. And I was like, oh, that's really. Nice. She's the one that saved the bird. The the she like had her, had me rescue a bird for her. She's really sweet. Oh, that's she's sweet. a nice vegan lady. She's so sweet. She's a little like hippie house. She's adorable. Anyway, so hey, there's some good things coming up. Yeah, people are being. I feel like people in general. I mean, a lot of people are being kind of jerks about everything and being like i'm gonna live my life anyway but a lot of people are reaching out and helping I mean, those are just like the people in florida going on spring break did you see that video no oh my god i liked it on twitter because it was just unreal like this guy was like i'm not gonna let this stop me from partying on spring break i've been planning this for two months (laughs) i was like ah two months is not even that long (laughs) i know it was like so sad uh so many chads yeah that was it was bad it was really bad but I was like, well, okie dokie. Oh my gosh. Well, that's my current events story. I'm going to try and take my dog on a walk every morning still. And I'm like, hopefully I don't see this lady who does not yeah. want to come within 50 feet of yeah, my it's person. It's six feet. I would just yell her. It's six feet. It's six feet. <laughs> just throw a water balloon throw, at her. Throw, yeah, throw a tissue at her. <laughs> just roll like, toilet the paper. Ground. <laughs> roll through, yeah. Just give her some toilet paper. It'll make her feel better. That's true. It'd be a nice thing to do. Make a shirt that says six feet is what Ethereal Enchanter says. Make a Just shirt six feet. Yeah. Six feet. But yeah, so anyway, for this week, we decided to do some fun, fun paranormal at home activities. And I did a bunch of research on the Ouija board. And Kayla looked up some things on summoning demons from the safety of your own home. Yes. So if why don't I feel like I've been talking a bunch and yelling things. So I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I was just mad. I was just mad about the conspiracy theories because they're so dumb. And I just, yeah. I, it's like sometimes like conspiracy theories. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I can see how that's possible. I get it, but like something like that where they're like Bill Gates 
did this. I'm like, Bill Gates did not do this. It is. It's it's something I think about, too, because it's like I, I easily submit to theories about like cryptids, aliens. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, but there's a line that <laughs> I don't yeah. cross. That's and, a, it's uh, the deep state line. I'm like, I can't cross the deep state line. I'm sorry. Like, this is dumb. Like, <laughs> if you really think that the government is that competent, I don't think we would be having <laughs> the problems we have now. It's true. <laughs> When you put it like that, it's very, yeah. It's like, Woo! you really think that? Like, I don't, like, come on. Anyway, all right, go ahead. Okay, I st- I wanted to start by talking about the the book I have, which I purchased solely because I watched a movie that, like, I, I know, I knew about a lot of things about it, but I never knew the book exactly. And I watched this movie, which title, the title I cannot think of. Oh, uh, A Dark Song. Hmm. It's on Netflix. Which is kind of like a weird, creepy, scary movie. I don't know if I'd recommend it for everyone because it's got some like iffy things in it that can make you uncomfortable. But the main thing is they researched this book, which is the sacred magic of Abramalan the Mage. Yeah. Which I think is it Abramalan? Abramalan. I think I always pronounce it Abramelin. I don't know if it's Abramelin or I'm Abramelin. I mean, it's. Yeah, and I was like, old. is it Ab- Abramelin? Abramelin? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter. It's. Say it how you want. It's old. Yeah. This this guy. I think his real name is actually Abraham. And he changed oh, hold his on name one to second. Abermelon. Or so. I will get to that later in my description. Uh, they said that they were told that it's pronounced Wea because it's a word made up of the French and German words for yes, but it's actually not. <gasps> Ooh, I can't wait to hear it's about this. It's actually not. The history of the Ouija board, does. that's actually not true. It came from somewhere Ooh. else. And we'll get there. Anyway, huh. sorry to interrupt we'll get you. There. We'll get no, there. No, you're fine. This <laughs> our writers didn't make it up. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's another story. Yeah, I went one. I went into some research holes for this one, so Ooh. they're kind of like they're kind of like cat buttholes. <laughs> research cat holes. <laughs> but I I got this book because in a dark song they I found it really interesting how much detail they go into into the ritual aspect because the whole point of that movie is this woman contacts a guy who helps her summon a guardian angel and they studied this book to come up with the the rituals and how they went about it because this is like this translation apparently is not that accurate there's a more accurate translation apparently this translation by Mathers was an intentionally inaccurate because he was like worried about making it too accurate and I guess people using it Hmm. that's what I read online and I was like oh okay but what is interesting about this is it's when I don't know, there's a lot of in a lot of media and a lot of things that that I've learned when you're summoning a demon or an angel or whatever, a lot of times it's like really simple and you just draw something on the ground and you're like, all right, boom, bam, here it is. Yeah. And what's really interesting about this book and this and the way that he does it is it's like months, months of fasting and praying Whoa. and yeah and like starve like literally starving yourself to the point of like not being able to survive that makes more sense yes. because that's more likely to get you into a legitimate altered state of mind to see weird shit yep and it's it's also it makes more sense it's also kind of like i'm like of course you're going to be able to see weird shit at that yeah. point but also like it seems more plausible that you're going through all of this to be able to do something that legitimately would be beyond belief if right. if you yeah, accomplish yeah. it but it's it's a long book it's actually three separate books that he claims were given to him by god or spoken to him by god 
And I looked up a kind of like concise description of it. The book itself tells the story of an Egyptian mage named Abraham or Abramelin. So yeah, his name was Abraham, um, who taught a system of magic to Abraham of Worms, presumed to have lived from 1362 to 1458. The system of magic from this book regained popularity in the 19th and 20th century, thanks to this translation. Yeah, and due to trust issues, it says he, his manuscript copy was very unreliable and he like omitted things. It says due to trust issues. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. weird. Yeah, but it is um, framed as kind of like a novel or autobiography of how he received this information and then is kind of like redistributing it to you. Okay. So from what I read in there, there are a lot of instructions on like, you have to have this certain perfume. You have to anoint yourself with it every day for seven days. And then you have to do, you have to like fast for at least a month and Damn. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like a lot of stuff. That's a lot. They want you to be in an area where people will not come to you, like for months at a time. You have to be like in this like quiet. It's a perfect area. time. This is a perfect Let me time tell you, to it's a perfect time. <laughs> it's perfect. I know. I'm excited. Well, this book, I this is like a longer form. I can get into some simpler demon summoning later. But this one, if you want to summon a guardian angel and talk to it and have it tell you secrets, it's, it's a long process. So this isn't for a demon, this is for an angel. It's for angels, but you can also summon certain demons. There's like white there's like white and dark magic in here. It's uh there's a lot. Um I just for some reason when you're talking about summoning demons, I thought (laughs) you know how West sometimes like says, Don't oogity boogity me. I just expect (laughs) to be like summoning a demon. our friend West says that. I expect like summoning a demon and you're just like praying, you're like, please don't oogity boogity me. (laughs) Please don't oogity boogity me. Spirits, please don't. <laughs> and they're just like the the requirements. I did find it interesting that the requirements to be able to do anything, any sort of magic, are to be a man. You could be like any kind of man. All it right. says it's just like you just have to be uh, have temperate ha- habits. You must you must love retirement what? and yeah you must uh, should be given neither unto avarice nor usury. Okay. <laughs> you you can have legitimate parents, but or not. It doesn't matter. Blah blah blah. You you gotta be between the ages of twenty five and fifty. But if you're a woman, you have to be a virgin. Damn. <laughs> it's a, it's like among women, there be only virgins who are suitable. Of course, but strongly advise that so important a matter should not be communicated to them Angels? because of the accidents that they might cause by their curiosity oh. and love of talk. Oh, okay. So wait, are they saying that if you're not a virgin, you're just summoning the angel to bang them? Yeah, I <laughs> I guess so. They're just like, if you're not a virgin, you can't do any of this. And I'm like, oh my what? God. I okay. love all the weird parameters around demon summoning. They're great. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> Sorry to said, first wait, and foremost. I'm into that. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm not yucking anyone's yum if you want to summon an <laughs> angel to, you know, have a good time, whatever. <laughs> You just want to just have a good time with them. I it's mean, fine. everyone everyone that summoned demons was like banging the demons, like 100%. Always. Yeah, it's true. Anyway. Oh, which book is this? Asked Wizard of, Wizard of D. It's the it's the Ab- Abramel and the Mage, but it's a translated version. Mm-hmm. It's the, the book of the sacred magic of Abramel and the Mage. Um, this translation is by Mathers, but apparently there was one that came out after this that's more accurate. Mathers is fine. I think Mathers has done a few before. 
but he had trust issues and didn't want to reveal Uh-oh. everything. Uh-oh. Some serious <laughs> shit in here. Not this yeah, time. Yeah, basically. Not this time. But basically, the gist of it is, it's just months of starvation and isolation. I so, said it's perfect. Yeah, you're. it's it's suitable for the, the times of our lives now where we're quarantined. And also, very interesting. So you could summon a guardian angel or whatever. Um, this book also contains some spells that you can do. And it uses, it, it does spell work in the spell square form, the Kabbalic okay, yeah, squares. Yeah, yeah. The abra- abracadabra squares. Yeah. So there's, there's so many of them. Gosh, there's just, there are ones uh, where you can retain the familiar spirit's bond or free in whatsoever form. So you can summon a spirit and keep it in the form of a lion, a flower, a horseman, uh, an eagle, a dog, a bear, a soldier, an old man. A serpent, an ape, or a moor, which is the place. So I guess that's how you get haunted spirits on moors, is because someone has bound a spirit to it. Weird. A horseman? Yeah, it says horseman, but I'm just like, horseman. I guess it's just a dude on a horse. Maybe that's how we got the Headless Horseman, Holly. Oh, Someone did this. But yeah, there's just chapters of these spells, and they're, they're all kinds of different things, but you have to go through all of these rituals and spend your life and dedicate your life to this to be able to cast them. So maybe in a couple months of quarantine, you'll be able to get to the point where you can prevent caves from falling in or to cause work to be done in mines. Uh, yeah. There's, there's all kinds of specific things. To cause hail, to cause snow, oh. to cause rain, to cause thunder. There's a lot I've noticed in a lot of these spell books on just about across every country and every single one they've seen, there's always a weather one. And I feel like it's because people got desperate and they were just like, we need rain. Otherwise, our plants are going to die. <laughs> we just need it. Anything, anything to give anything, us rain. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is really interesting. But yeah, so I would I would recommend picking this up if you wanted some, I wouldn't call it light reading. Yeah. But it's very interesting to kind of see ma- uh, magic use from this perspective where it is something that is hard to accomplish, difficult to accomplish. I find that more believable and more interesting than, like, I don't know, Harry Potter magic or something like that, where it's like, you have to work your butt off and you yeah. have to go to, like, the edge of, like, life to be able to to do any of this, I feel like is more believable to me, just for me personally. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, they said the, so one of the things I remember a long time ago, I... This was like in like 2008 when I had first made my Etsy store. This is like a total aside. But there was another Etsy store that was like selling like cool like medieval type curios. And they were selling Abramelon the mage oil, which is apparently in the book. And here, do you want to hear the recipe for it? Yes. So you can make this at home and it's part of, um, it'll tell you what it's good for. It says, um, take one part of the best myrrh, half a part of cinnamon, one part of cassia and one part galanga root. Galanga? Galang- galanga? I don't know how to say galanga. I've seen it before, but I don't know how to say it. And a quarter of the combined total weight of good fresh olive oil. M- make these into an ointment or oil, as is done by the chemists. Keep it in a clean container until you need it. Put the container together with the other accessories in the cupboard under the altar. And it says, this person's translation of the recipe may be incorrect. The German sources clearly list calamus or calmus, but instead of calamus, Guth has translated these as Galanga root. Okay, so it could be Calamus, but anyway. But uh, apparently, that is the ritual oil you can use for anointing. And here's one. Here's a recipe for essential oils, which is half part cinnamon, one part myrrh, 
one part calamus, one part cassia. These are all essential oils and one quarter of the foregoing total weight of olive oil. So if you want, you can make this at home. A medieval uh, demon slash angel summoning anointing oil. Nice. Yeah. And you'll need a lot of it, apparently, because it's got to last you a long time. Yeah. And then it says, oh, this is, of course, from Aleister Crowley, but like, whatever. This oil is compounded of four substances, the basis of all the oil of the olive. The olive is traditionally the gift of Minerva, the wisdom of God, the logos. In the in this dissolved three other oils, oil of myrrh, oil of cinnamon, oil of galangal. galangal. The myrrh is attributed to Bina, the great mother, who is both the understanding of the magician and that sorrow and compassion which results from the contemplation of the universe. The cinnamon represents Tifirith, the sun, or the sun, S-O-N, in whom glory and suffering are identical, and the Galangal represents both Kether and Malkuth, the first and the last, the one and the many, since in this oil they are one. All right. Well, there you go. We need that oil, for sure. Yeah, don't drink that, though, because it's toxic. I was going to read a little snippet from the book that is um, a method of angelic evocation. Cool. Yeah. If you if you want to hear that, we can read a little section of it so you can see what the book is like. and. Also, some more instructions. Oh, good. Um, So this says, The good spirits may be invocated of us or by us, divers ways, and they in sundry shapes and manners offer themselves to us. For they openly speak to those that watch and do offer themselves to our sight, or do inform us by dreams and by oracle of those things which we have a great desire to know. Whoever therefore would call any good spirit to speak or appear in sight, he must particularly observe two things. One whereof is about the disposition of the invocant, and the other concerning those things which are outwardly to be abhitted to the invocation for the conformity of the spirit to be called. It is necessary, therefore, that the invocant religiously dispose himself for the space of many days to such a mystery, and to conserve himself during the time chaste, abstinent, and to abstract himself as much as he can from all manner of foreign and secular business. No diddling. Likewise, yeah, no diddling. (laughs) Likewise, he should observe fasting as much as shall seem convenient to him, which to me would be like, not at all. Yeah, I'm like, this doesn't, (laughs) I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Fast if you want to, I don't know. And let him daily, between sunrising and setting, being clothed in pure white linen, seven times call upon God and make a deprecation unto the angels to be called and invocated according to the rule which we have before taught. Now the number of days of fasting and preparation is commonly one month, i.e. the time of a whole lunation. And the time of of being quarantined. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We generally prepare ourselves 40 days before, so that's a month and some change. Now concerning the place, it must be chosen clean, pure, close, quiet, free from all manner of noise, and not subject to any stranger's sight. This place must first of all be exercised and consecrated, And let there be a table or altar placed therein, covered with a clean white linen cloth, and set towards the east. And on each side thereof place two consecrated wax lights burning. The flame thereof ought not to go out all these days. How can you keep it burning for 40 days? I guess if it was in... No, it said wax, right? Yeah, it's the consecrated wax lights. If it was in oil, but I don't know. Hmm... In the middle of the altar, let there be placed lamins? Lamins? <laughs> lamins. <laughs> they're like lemons, but they're lamins. Lamins? Or the holy paper we have before described, covered with fine linen, which is not to be opened until the end of the days of consecration. You shall also have it in readiness, a precious perfume and pure anointing oil, which we now know the recipe for. Uh, the head of the altar, 
Oh, and let them both be consecrated. Then set a censer on the head of the altar, wherein you shall kindle the holy fire and make a precious perfume every day that you pray. So you have that. We have the recipe for that stuff. Yeah. Now for your habit, you shall have a long garment of white linen, clothes before and behind, which may come down quite over the feet and gird yourself about the loins with a girdle. Gird your loins, everyone. Gird your loins. You shall likewise have a veil made of pure white linen on which you must write in a gilt layman the the name Tetragrammaton. Oh, yeah. But you must not go into this holy place till it be first washed and covered with a cloth new and clean, and then you may enter. But your but with your feet naked and bare, and when you enter therein, you shall sprinkle with holy water, then make a perfume upon the altar, and then on your knees pray before the altar as we have directed. Now, when the time is expired, on the last day, you shall fast more strictly, and fasting on the day following, at the rising of the sun, enter the holy place, using the ceremonies before spoken of, first by sprinkling thyself, then making a perfume, you shall sign the cross with holy oil on the forehead, and anoint your eyes, using prayer and all these consecrations. Then open the lamin, lamin, and the pray lamin. before the the lamin. Pray before the altar on your knees, and then an invocation may be made as follows. And there's a long invocation, summoning an angel. Nice. Blop blop bloop blop blop. And then after you say that, the good angels will appear unto you, which you desire, which you shall entertain with a chaste communication, and license them to depart. So you have to. So you do all that. You get to to chit chat for a little bit, and then you let them leave. All right. So now you know. That's that's an example of what's in here. So it's 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 a very long process, but perfectly timed right. to the current quarantine situation. Right. You know, if no you diddling, no diddling, no none of that. You can't do any of that, but you can anoint yourself near your lamin. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know what that word is. It's a oh, okay. It's a magical pendant or breastplate worn around, uh, worn about the neck. Oh, it's just like a pendant. Like a- yeah, so it means it's Latin okay. and it means plate. Okay. And you put it over your heart. I don't do not see a pronunciation online. It sounds like an amulet. Yeah, it's an amulet. We'll just call it that because that's definitely what it is. Oh my god! Yeah, Angel just said you guys are assuming we can't pa- pass COVID onto angels. We don't know. We're not. Time we're going to gonna start a pandemic in heaven. Ooh. <laughs> well, that's the plot of an interesting movie, <laughs> right? Pretty sure that's in like the new D and D book or something. I don't know. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> Descent into Avernus, but it's COVID's descent. Yeah. No, I don't think it's like a gorget. Gorget is like a neck protector thing. I think it's just an amulet, but like. Yeah. Let me see if I can find a picture of it. <laughs> Dan just said no comment. I Google it and it's also the name of a, of a pasta or ramen or something. Nice. <laughs> Please wear your pasta around your neck. You'll, yeah. When I Google it, it's like different amulets come up. So I'm not, I don't know, whatever. It's a thing. Yeah. Cool. So that's uh, that's this book. If you would like to learn, I, I'm pretty sure it's available on Amazon Prime. Yeah. It'll take a while because it's a non-essential. Well, you may need to write them a letter convincing them how essential yeah. this is. How essential it is for you to summon demons. I recommend, uh, at least while you're summoning demons, like, sew some, some, like, medical masks or something. You know, get back. Six feet away. Make sure they're six feet away when you summon them. Exactly. Pasta is the only thing that... That is angelic in this world. And bread. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. <laughs> oh, sorry. Juicebox asked if uh, we knew anything about the Fae or do you have any advice being friends with them? We did. We did a Fae episode, a fairy episode before before we rebooted. We haven't done one since. We should do one pretty soon. And most most of my advice for like when we were doing that was don't be friends with them. 
our advice was just like, wow, they seem like more trouble than that's worth. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's not a good idea because from what we read, there are milk legs. Oh my god, yeah, the legs milk that legs were so bad. Milk. Um, it's just it's just trickery. I would not yeah, recommend. There, there were milk legs. It was disgusting. Ugh. Ugh. Are we ready to move on to uh, Ouija boards? Yes, please. So, <laughs> I my first. I'm going to start saying my personal story with Ouija boards. When I was in high school, I had a Halloween party. And uh, my dad got super drunk. <laughs> this is again, it's a high school Halloween party. All of us were sober. My dad got super drunk and went to the other room with the Ouija board and stole the whole party away while I cleaned up. And he oh took my everyone gosh. to the Ouija board. <laughs> everyone had a good time, though. Uh, apparently well, it was that's spooky. Great. Yeah, it was great for them. <laughs> but we, so we had a Ouija board. Um, I have never done a Ouija board because I was cleaning. But... uh. I decided to research. I know that's okay. He's just a surfer. He's fine. Um, he's doing his best. At least, okay. At least one thing about my dad. At least his wife is a nurse, so he's not like going out there being like, "I don't care if I get sick." He's at least like staying at home. I'm just like, thank God. This is the small, the small things in life we have to be thankful for. The small victories. Ugh, the small victories. But anyway, so the Ouija board was originally. Just It was originally just made by, they don't know who it was made by, but it started circulating in, I think, Ohio, weirdly enough. Oh, let me find, I have so many articles up right now. Well, okay, I'm near Ohio. No offense to Ohio. Oh, I'm sorry. It seems it was, like there's not much going on there. No. Um, was it Ohio? Let me find it. It was one of these, like, small states. Hold on. I have they have so a water park, though. Do they? Yeah, I th- they have that dope water park. That's cool. I think cedar something or something. I don't know. If anyone's from Ohio, they know what I'm talking about. Right? Can't confirm nothing happens here. Where did it go? I had one really good article. Oh, here it is. I found it. Cedar Point. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. So they called it a talking board. And uh, it came out of the it came out of the American 19th century obsession with spiritualism. Now, before the podcast started, I was telling Car- uh, Kayla that 19th century spiritualism is literally just what the Honda Mansion is. It's literally like they people started in the early 1800s around the Civil War trying to commune with spirits. And this was because so many people were dying. The average age of people living was 50. So you died at like that was the average. You died at 50. Like it was not common. Yeah. So lots and lots of people were dying at the time. And there was just... And because of the Civil War, there was a bunch of war, and obviously, and people were dying from that. And so these talking boards became popular because seances and things like that happened before, but you needed a medium. You needed a person who was supposedly attuned to spirits. And so they would invite these mediums over to their house and ask questions, and they would hear knocking, like, to answers. So that was how people communed with spirits during spiritualism was that they would ask the questions in their house and they would hear knocking. And that came from these two girls called the Fox Sisters. That actually just came from these two girls in New York who actually admitted to it being a common delusion later on. I'll show you guys a picture of them. They be- they became super popular. Like they were like a cult uh, like cult popularity. Like they had 400 people show up to their tiny farmhouse. Because they what? claimed that they could hear knocking when they asked spirits questions. And people heard it. But, like, it's also, like, 
knocking's not exactly a hard thing to do. <laughs> like, yeah. so anyway, but like, let's just say that it was happening. Um, <laughs> like, whatever. Um, so these Fox sisters became super, like, almost like viral, like positive, like viral, like popular because pe- they claimed to be mediums. And they even had a thing where they were examined by a committee of skeptics and they found no evidence of a hoax. Ooh. Yeah. So it said, um, here's one of the people that actually visited the Fox sisters and said the post invited the girls to a gathering at their home and just to see if they could communicate with spirits in another locale. So they went somewhere else to make sure like someone wasn't knocking on the house. It says, I suppose I went with as much unbelief as Thomas felt when he was introduced to Jesus after he had ascended. Isaac Post wrote, but he was swayed by very distinct thumps under the floor and several apparent answers. He was further convinced when Leah Fox also proved to be a medium communicating with Post's recently deceased daughter. The Post rented the largest hall in Rochester and 400 people came to hear the mysterious noises. Afterwards, Amy Post accompanied the sister to a private chamber where they disrobed and were examined by a committee of skeptics who found no evidence of a hoax. And wildly enough, Lincoln's wife hired a medium to contact their, I think it was their 11-year-old daughter that died. So they actually had a medium come to the White House to talk to their dead. This was like common. People just did this. Like it was normal. And I got a lot of this information from the Smithsonian and a few other articles. So these are all like legit, like historical research. Here's the Fox sisters, if you guys want to see them. This creepy Victorian painting. Yeah. Ooh, okay. So this is like a paint. It's three women. It was his son, yeah, Jerry. It was was Lincoln's 11-year-old son died, and so his wife hired a medium. Um, So that's uh, their mom, I think, and then the two sisters. They're like, I think they're twins? Um, But those are the Fox sisters. But you can tell the the aesthetic of the 1800s spiritualism is literally just the Haunted Mansion. (laughs) Yeah, very Victorian. Yeah, Victorian. Very gothic. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to take goodbye, Fox sisters. But yeah, so spooky, right? Um, I love it. So yeah, the knocking was how they originally communicated with spirits. But so these talking boards started circulating just with like laymen, just like normal people. They don't know originally know where they came from. They don't know who started it. They just started showing up at parties and things like that. And um, finally, uh, one person, what was his name? His name was... Elijah Bond ended up starting a more or less a company to make these talking boards. And he had his sister named Hel or no, it was his sister or his yeah, it was sister named Helen Peters, who was a medium, who actually she's the one that came up with the word Ouija board. So she actually had hold on, let me find it. I'll just read you the little bit about it. She had a locket that she wore of a like, I guess it was like a it was like some feminist, like like women's rights person, and her name was close to Ouija. Oh, and so she used the Ouija board to come up with the name, and that's what she came up with. But she was also wearing this locket that had this woman's name on it. <laughs> but here, I'll read it. I'll read it. So I said whatever. Let's see. Oh yeah, this is sorry. This is about the Fox sisters who ended up saying like, I guess it was a delusion. <laughs> it's like I have more. Hold on. There's like okay, here it is. <laughs> And I should have, like, highlighted this stuff, but that's okay. Dude, dude, dude. Okay. Yeah, and more or less, it took a really long time for people to find, like, a medium and stuff like that. So when they started claiming that people could talk to the dead, they were like, oh, through this board? Okay, cool. So it was called, the original board was called the Kennard Talking Board because this original, Charles Kennard of Baltimore, 
um, was the one who put the company together. And it started, they called it the Kenner Talking Board. And then they didn't have a name, but they wanted a different name. So they didn't have the Ouija Board. Ouija, Ouija. Ouija Board, yeah. Ouija, Ouija. The Kenner Talking Board lacked a name. Contrary to popular belief, Ouija is not a combination of the French for yes, we, and the German ja. Muirich says, based on his research, it was Bond's sister-in-law, so yeah, it was sister-in-law, Helen Peters, who was, Bond sent a strong medium, who supplied the now instantly recognized handle. Sitting around the table, they asked the board what they should call it. The name Ouija came through, and when they asked what, the, what that meant, the board replied, good luck, eerie and cryptic, but for the fact that Peters acknowledged that she was wearing a locket bearing the picture of a woman, the name Ouija abo- above her head. That's the story that emerged from the, the Ouija founder's letters. It's very possible that the woman in the locket was, fa- was famous author and popular women's rights activist Ouija, whom Peter admired, but that Ouija was just a misreading of that. So they think it could have just a mi- ah. misreading of, of Ouida, O-U-I-D-A, which is interesting because I could see that being the same sort of word. So anyway, according to Murek's interviews with the des- descendants of the Ouija founders and the original Ouija patent fi- file itself, which he's seen, the story of the board's patent request was true. Knowing that if they couldn't prove that the board worked, they wouldn't get their patent, Bond brought the indispensable uh, Peters to the patent office in Washington with him when he filed for his application. There, the chief patent officer demanded a demonstration of the Ouija board if the board could accurately, accurately spell out his name which is supposed to be unknown to Bond and Peters, he'd allow the patent application to proceed. They all sat down, communed with the spirits, and the planche- planchette faithfully spelled out the patent officer's name. Whether or not it was mystical spirits or the fact that Bond, as a patent attorney, may have just known the man's name. Well, that's <laughs> unclear. It says, uh, but on February 10th, 1891, a white-faced and visibly shaken patent officer awarded Bond a patent for his new toy or game. And when they started making them, they started making them out of recycled wood from coffins. Yeah. So the original Ouija boards that they started producing were made out of recycled coffin wood. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Isn't that nuts? That is. Why would they do that? Did they dig up coffins? It was just recycled, like, wood. Like, they said it was made out of coffins. Yep. Um, so here's the, some really cool stuff. This is some. Um, this is the first advertisement for a Ouija board in a newspaper. Um, put it up here. This was the the one before the Kenners or whatever talking board. But this is the. Where did it say the the Ouija? Oh yeah, the da- Zaz- They just had Dazingers. That was his game company. Sorry, it was after the Kenners was when they opened their company, Danzingers. And then this is the first advertisement for the Ouija board in this newspaper, which I think is really cool. I don't know where you get coffin wood that you can reuse, but I, it's still really cool. So, okay. Isn't that cool, though? Um, so, yeah. Do you, let me, I'm going to read it, actually, for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, read it. So, so, this is an actual scan of the newspaper, too. So, this says, Danziger and Company, always the first to introduce any new novelty, this time, Ouija, or the wonderful talking board. The Ouija is, without doubt... The most interesting, remarkable, and mysterious production of the 19th century. Its operations are always interesting and frequently invaluable, answering as it does questions concerning the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy. It furnishes never-failing amusement and recreation for all classes, while for the scientific or thoughtful, its mysterious movements invite the most careful research and investigation apparently forming the link which unites the known with the unknown, the material with the immaterial, 
it forces upon us the conviction that a great truth was contained in the statement of the Danish prince, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, <laughs> than were ever dreamed of in thy philosophy. And it says it costed a dollar forty nine. So it made out of recycled <laughs> coffin wood. <laughs> hmm. So someone actually did a study on Ouija boards to see if they actually worked. And it says, oh, oh. <laughs> Ouija boards are not scientists say powered by spirits or even demons. Oh. It says disappointing but also potentially useful because they're powered by us even when we protest that we're not doing it we swear ouija boards work on a principle known to those studying the mind for more than 160 years the idiometer effect in 1852 physician and psychologist william benjamin carpenter published a report for the royal institute of great britain examining these automatic muscular movements that take place without the conscious will or violation of the individual think crying in reaction to a sad film for example Almost immediately, other researchers saw applications of the idiometer effect in the popular spiritualist pastimes. In 1853, chemist and physicist Michael Faraday, intrigued by a table turning, conducted a series of experiments that proved to him, though not to most spiritualists, that the table's motion was due to the idiometer actions of the participants. So, I mean, again, that's way creepy, too, that if you're moving and you don't know it, like, even if it's not a ghost, yeah. I don't like, I like, like that even less. <laughs> You're just flesh suits. We are, the body right? is the human body is a cage. Right? I think I just moved Area 51 behind me. Hold on. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna remove the the image. I want to show you guys the other just part of this newspaper. So here's the actual cover of the newspaper, which I just loved all the like weird Art Nouveau like advertisements. So it was from the Pittsburgh Dispatch, Sunday, February 1st, 1891. So that's the when the original Ouija board was advertised. Oh, wow. These are really nice. It's like Art Nouveau-style simple illustrations. Aren't they cool? Uses advertisements in newspaper. Those are so cool. I wish papers... Right? I wish it looked like that. There's like days. an advertisement for like oh, the army, man. I guess. And like, I don't know. They're just really cool illustrations. If you guys are listening on the podcast, it's really cool. We're very Art Nouveau-style. Yeah. That's awesome. But anyway, so yeah, that that was my my bit on... Ouija boards, which I thought was a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be, because I didn't even I didn't even realize about spiritualism from the 1800s. I thought that that was really fascinating, that like the entire aesthetic and like of the haunted mansion and all of those like spooky things were from spiritualists from the 1800s, more or less. Which is why maybe it's why Victorian man- mansions are all just like spooky and haunted. Yeah, right. Hell haunted. So here, he- another thing is so. I'd never heard of this before, but I thought it was this was perfect for our Spooky Saturday. There was a poet in the 1800s named Patience Worth, who was apparently from the great beyond. So she was, she apparently was a spirit speaking through a Ouija board operated by Pearl Lenore Curran, a St. Louis housewife of limited education. And Patience Worth was nothing short of a national phenomenon in the early years of the 20th century. Though her works are virtually forgotten today, the prestigious Braithwaite anthology listed five of her poems among the nation's best published in 1917. So it's a little bit later than the 1800s, but the spiritualism was still going strong. It says, almost overnight, Patience transformed Pearl Curran from a restless homemaker plagued by nervous ailments into a busy celebrity who trailed traveled the country giving performances starring patients. Night after night, Pearl, a tall blue-eyed woman in a fashionable, fashionable dress, 
would sit with her Ouija board while her husband, John, recorded patients' utterances in shorthand. Those who witnessed the performances, some of them leading scholars, feminists, politicians, and writers, believed they'd seen a miracle. I still confess myself completely baffled by the experience. Otto Heller, dean of the graduate school at Washington University in St. Louis, recalled years later. Though through Pearl, patients claimed to be an unmarried Englishwoman who had immigrated to Nantucket Island in the late 1600s and had been killed in an Indian raid, of course. Not just like, not just like tuberculosis. They had to be racist about it. (laughs) For three centuries, she said, she'd searched for an earthly earthly cranium to help her fulfill a burning literary ambition. She'd found it at last in Pearl. So Patience Worth, do you want to hear one of her poems? From Beyond? (laughs) From Beyond. Okay, so there's a ton of poems, but I'm going to find one that sounds funny. I mean, not funny, but there's one like this one says, what magic is thine? The little gray road. There shall be no sorrow. The singer in the night, the siren, the spark of God. Behold, with my naked hands, bittersweet, child's prayer, I have beheld thy constant. These are all titles of poems. Is thy day dark? How about that one? Let's do is thy day dark. Ooh, yeah. That sounds good. By the way, this website with all of her poems, patienceworth.org, if you feel like going there, is all in Comic Sans. (laughs) The whole website. No. The whole website's in Comic Sans. The whole thing. Patience. I know. She's Please. not very she's she's not an up-to-date graphic designer. I I'm I fear. <laughs> okay. It's called Is Thy Day Dark? Oh my love, is thy day dark? Behold then, he is the sun. Is thy day over bright? Then behold, he is the shadow. Look unto the sky, the face of God. The secret of the universe is there writ. Read! Remember thee, remember the folly of overmuch wisdom. Remember, even wisdom is outdone by love. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Maybe we'll just do a couple other ones. Now, where's one of like, hey, I'm a ghost? <laughs> I want a poem that's like, yeah, I want hey, that I'm one. I'm a spooky ghost. My morning, what's that? Okay, sure. Here's her morning. Maybe it's about her being a ghost. Is morning less lovely because rain fell or because the winds were ruth- ruthless and played at havoc about the blossoms? Is morning less lovely because my eyes are brimming and my heart is such a little heavy thing beating? My bosom with a rhythmic pulse and hurting, yet morning, yet is morning less lovely. Nay, for her head, even though rain has descended, is lifted and interwoven with rainbows, and the havocking wind has spread a footcloth of leaves, some of them perfumed things, with honey upon their lips, pink and glowing, yea, or crimson bruised. Oh, what a happy thing that I, with brimming eyes, may see this morning. Doesn't sound like you're a ghost, lady. Yeah, this just sounds like a regular person. I'm pretty sure it's just the person and her husband just like writing follow-ups. But they made it into like a show and made tons of money off of dummies. Smart. Yeah. Okay, let's find one more. I feel like I feel like we could repurpose that for the modern age and perhaps start a Twitch stream where we convince people that it's like a ghost. Yeah. Streaming a video game <laughs> on Twitch. I'm just saying. I'm just like Yeah. Workshopping this here. Here's one on sportsmanship. The game is to live. When thee ceasest to game, then youth is gone. <laughs> Gamers. Tis the heritage of Gamers. youth left to age only as a memory. Youth leaps with joy. Like a young fawn plunging expectant, urged with valor, itched with desire, he flings him like a discus towards life. Tis a leap and a wager with life until age hath come and he knows then the score. Gamers. Gamers. Fortnite. Hmm. Anyway, this person was apparently a ghost. 
and was writing stories from the Ouija board in the 1900s. There we go. Hmm. Yep. And I wish I, yeah, I, I've never gotten a Ouija board to work. I've tried. Have you tried? I've never tried a Ouija board, so. Yeah. One of the times that I broke into. Oh, yeah, you did the Ouija, you did the Ouija board. Yeah, I went into the the basement of the abandoned veterans hospital where there were cages where presumably it seemed like they kept people because it was behind a safe, like a big locked safe door. And then you went in there and there were cages. It was across That's from the morgue. And we went into one of the cages and shut the cage. We went in there with a Ouija board and a uh, tape recorder. And we tried to record audio and we tried to get the Ouija board to do anything and nothing happened on either. But also, I was really bored and young and didn't listen to the whole tape because I got bored. (laughs) So maybe something was on there. But the Ouija board didn't work. We made it ourselves out of poster board. But it was still a Ouija board. So no spooky things happened? No voices? No knocking? No, that was the place where I heard the weird noises from inside the... um, Oh, we those, yeah, the, the chairs moving. Soundproof room. That's that yeah, shit's real. We That's the spooky. Soundproof room. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, you could hear they they had like a room where they would test no. people's hearing, and it was completely soundproof. And we shut the door, and you Ugh. could hear chairs being scraped across the floor, like across the building, which was weird because like how could we right? hear that? But you could hear it. But no, no Ouija board. That's so spooky. Yeah, that's like, I feel like that's like legit. The Ouija board, and like, I don't know what ghost would just be like, yeah, I'm, I guess I'll just use this. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know. But it, I mean, it makes sense, though, that the Ouija board came from the idea that people wanted spiritualism to be more accessible. Because at the time, like, people that didn't have that much money couldn't hire a medium, but they wanted to talk to spirits. So because of the Fox sisters and all these spiritualists that came around, they were like, oh, to do that, I need something. Like, I need something to act as a medium, so I'm going to use this Ouija board. Have you ever um, done much with pendulums? No, I, ha- I have one, but it's mostly, it's like, you need, like, little things that says, like, yes or no or whatever. But that's the same thing, a micro-movement. That's the same kind of thing as, like, we're moving in ways that we're, like, not aware. It is. Uh, I used to use one a lot in college, though, just, like, where if it's right to left... That was no front to back was yes. And then if it went in a circle, it was just basically like asking right. in. And I feel like I got some answers that were pretty legit. Like I remember using it to answer some questions for a friend. Like they asked me questions about like their mm-hmm. personal life that I didn't know. And it did get it right. And I mean, maybe that was just like happen happenstance. It was just like luck of the draw. Well, it's but, like tarot cards. Because with yes or no, you got a 50-50 chance. It's like, I, I really like tarot cards, too. Like, uh, there, are super, there are certain, yeah. like, divination things where I'm just like, whatever, maybe the universe is sending me a message. I like these things, whatever. And uh, I love tarot, yeah, tarot cards. tarot cards are like, my favorite. Fun. Because I don't know why. I just really like them. And I think feel like a pendulum would be similar. But that sounds cool. Yeah. And all you need, all, all's mine was, was I got, I went and, like, picked a crystal from one of the shops and tied it nice. to a string and that's all I did and I kept it with me all the time and it's pre- it is pretty fun I would try it I would nice. give it a shot like just try it and it gives you like something to focus on so that's something that you can do if you're bored at home it doesn't even have to be a crystal a pendulum is just like a weight on a string or something that's something you can just make at home for our uh yep. quarantine witchy self-care tips that's I want to write that zine <laughs> <laughs> yes please I want to make a zine yes and it's cool because I feel like the pendulum also made its way into a lot of like 
don't know if you'd call it folk yeah. magic, but I know when I was growing up, there was the the whole pendulum thing was something my mom and her sisters believed would tell you like how many babies oh, you yeah. would have or if they'd be boys or girls or like it just did something with a pencil or some shit. And it worked for them. It told them from when they were little how many wow. kids they were going to have. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a, a folk magic thing, but it was something that they they are not into the supernatural or magic. And they told me that when that's I was interesting. little. So yeah. So I feel like that's one of those things that kind of transcends, yeah. kind of made its way into different uh, cultures. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. That's really cool. But yeah. So there's the there's the Ouija board stuff, everyone. Ouija boards. They, that um, M. Night Shyamalan fake documentary I talk about a lot because it scared me. <gasps> Had an Ouija board Did in it. it. It scared me so bad. And like it moved no. without them touching it. And, you know, teenage me was like, no. this is real life. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't stress to you enough. Like that, watching that and believing it was real was my purest form of terror. The scariest moment I, of my yeah. life. My formative moment. Yeah. Believing this stupid documentary about M. Night Shyamalan was oh my real. God. I never, I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that, but I would have been trauma. What was it about? It was about like, is the secret world or life of M. Night Shyamalan. It was about how, like, he has all these like creepy supernatural no. secrets that, and like the way he does movies is like really secret and he's really creepy and people have to sign disclaimers if oh they my work God. with him that they don't repeat. All this stuff, and they go into it, and wow! I don't know. It's M Night Shyamalan, so it's. I feel like that was better than any of his movies. It was just so scary. I was like, ah, wow. Before I forget, there was one other thing. I was talking about the spiritualists. It was originally founded by the history of spiritualism was founded by Emanuel Swedenborg in between 1688 and 1772, and he was considered one of Europe's great minds. But he also thought you could talk to dead people. <laughs> so there you go. But he did have, and Swedenborg had his first real illumination and intercourse with the spirit world in the preface to his book Arcana Celestia, which I think is the best name. Uh. So he was like religious, but also like, hey, you want to talk to ghosts? Which was really funny because spiritualism was cool. Like on Saturday, everyone could get together and go to the Ouija board and Sunday they all went to church. So it's the opposite of like the satanic panic of like the late 1900 of the late 20th century. That is really interesting. Yeah. So anyway, and if you want to read about this guy, the first spiritual temple was founded in 1883, and here's their website, and it's just weird. So there you go. What's it? What is it? Oh, fst.org yeah. slash spirit2.htm. So Arcana Celestia does sound like someone's D&D mage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. I have a proposal based on something someone okay. said in chat. Okay. Ethereal Enchanter said, I met a literal fortune teller in downtown Portland, Oregon. He read my palm, but I feel he was just cold reading me. Maybe not. And I feel like maybe we should go get like palm readings or something like from a local. There's a, there used to be a local place around you me think, where they would. There's got to be six palm feet palm. away from him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Not right now. That's true. Not right now. But yes, we just, should. Just like, hold my hand out. We should. I feel like we should do that and like report back. Once, once we are free of the COVID. Yes. Once the COVID is over, then yes, I agree. I think that would be really fun. So I, w- I would like to know the results of that. Because I always assume fortune telling and stuff like that is them 
Yeah, like, like yeah. cold reading, kind of asking you appropriate questions to lead you into giving you vague enough answers where you're mentally like, yeah. oh no, there it is. Grant Ellis asked us if we'd heard of the Gospel of Midnight. But that sounds no, awesome. But that sounds cool. <laughs> but yes, we should definitely go do that stuff once the COVID is over. Did you find the Gospel of Midnight? No, I uh, I just found the Midnight Gospel, which is a cartoon what? that's coming Ooh, to Netflix, yeah, apparently. Roxy Rondel. Yeah, Kayla and I should definitely make a tarot deck together, I think. Yeah, do you want to? Because I'm never going to do it on my own. Because <laughs> there's too many cards. <laughs> so if we like many. split it between each other, like that might be doable. I think some of those would make good designs for different yeah, things, for sure. too. Honestly. It would be awesome. Let's add that to our roster. Yeah, 2020. 2020, we're stuck inside. What should we draw? Oh, also, what bonus, I figured out how to get my iPad to stream so I can draw and stream now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I figured that out, too. Did, do you use it through QuickTime? No, I use it through I an Elgato. It. I use it for, because I- Oh, see, I don't have an Elgato. Yeah, I had the Elgato because of streaming games. I just happened to have it, so- yeah, I've heard that Elgato works, and then if you don't have an Elgato, you can plug it up if you have a Mac or another computer, you can plug yeah, it up directly if and you have a Mac. time and mirror the screen. Yeah, the Elgato is the way to put it on PC. But anyway, so now I can draw and stream. Yeah, That's exciting. In this quarantine times, we can just do some drawings. Let's let's draw together for a stream. So I want to stream drawing. We could split screen yeah, draw that'd be fun. shit if you wanted we to. We do tarot cards. Draw and hang. Yeah, or maybe the zine. I don't know. I want to do these two things that will help people while they're just at home. I want to do like the i now i'm getting totally off topic but i want to make a make <laughs> like an art talk like i want to make some fun art like talk. a fun zine kind of thing that's like self like witchy self-care tips for when you're at home i think that's yeah. a good idea and then just have it like pay what you want or whatever as a digital copy and just like mm-hmm. if you want it you can have it if like you lost your job because of covid or if you want to throw some dollars at us so yeah but, like just have it be like a thing i don't know our art talk yeah Check, yeah, it's like car talk. Art yeah, talk. we just show up sometime and start talking about art on Spooky Saturday. Yeah. I love it. Yes, I agree with all these yes. ideas. Oh, there's a flock draw? That sounds cute. That does sound cute. But yeah, anyway, that's that's fun. That's a fun thing to talk about because things are so messy right now. Yeah. But, you know, Ouija boards, are they fake? I don't know. Try them. <laughs> I'm going to say that they are Fact fiction, or fiction, but I would love... Yeah, I would love if anybody has any good stories to send them to us because I want to know some more Ouija board stories because I literally only my frame of reference is my own. And then the one where my my mom said her sisters messed around with one and she didn't hear what happened and they won't talk about it. But my grandmother burned it in a trash can outside immediately after and nobody will talk (laughs) about what happened. So that's like my only frame of reference. So that one sounds realistic. that sounds messed up. But my experience, nothing happened. So if anybody has any stories, please send them to SpookySaturdayStories at gmail.com and tell me because I want some more. I want want to know. I want to know if you've actually had experiences with it. Yeah, that sounds interesting. We do have some stories whenever you're ready. Oh, it's story time now. Yeah. I think it's, we've covered our topics. We've talked about current events. We're getting more structured. I'm proud of us. <laughs> Yay! It's time for fact or fiction. We will be reading chilling tales submitted from the community and guessing, are these fact, fiction, or somewhere in between? Use your best spooky scout skills to determine the truth. Do you have a scary story to tell? You can submit them to us at spookysaturdaystories at gmail.com to have them read on the show. Just make sure to include if they are fact or fiction and your name. We're doing it. 
Ooh, a spooky Saturday magazine, Roxy Full Rondell Factor says. Full of fiction stories and cryptids. That would be really fun. That would be a fun. Like making a new Inquirer, <laughs> but like a zine. Like a zine Inquirer would be really fun, actually. And I think that would be fun. That. Or just like a little, like I said, again, like a digital download we could make and then we could help fund our show. Yeah. Okay, that's, we're tabling that for later. <laughs> Like I said, we all need fun things to read during these times. Reading is good for you. Reading is... I've been reading a lot more, actually. Yeah. I have, like, a pile of books next to my bed I'm trying to get through. Because it's it's really nice because I would recommend self-care. Mm-hmm. Paranormal self-care tip number one. Read more because then you can't think about how anxious you yeah. are all the time. In, because you're focusing in on In between <laughs> playing Animal Crossing and reading. I mean, that's a good way to forget that you're even breathing at this point. <laughs> oh, my God. Hmm. Oh, okay, whenever you're ready, I have the first story pulled up and I'm ready to read it. All right, I'm going to story time in a second. Okay, go. Okay, sorry for the shorter story. This took place around 2011-2012, so some of the details are a bit lost. At my old home, I have had at least one or two experiences with some sort of UFO, with at least one other person in my family seeing the same thing as I did. A few months after my half-brother was born, my mom and I decided to take him for a quick walk around the neighborhood. It was around 6 p.m., about sundown time for that part of the year, and I looked up to see the sky and noticed a large white spot that was sort of hanging in the air. It was too far away to tell what it was, but the sky was very clear, and I could tell it wasn't a cloud because there there weren't noises or anything, or were noises or anything. It was just this large white spot hanging in the sky. My mom and I look at it for I a minute that. yeah, and decide that it must just be some big high up plane, which might explain why we didn't see it move much one way or the other. After about five minutes, we had circled back around. So I took a second to look back to see if I could still see spot the shape only for it to be gone. No plane trails or anything, which is really odd because of how little it was moving before. It should have been impossible for it to have moved so far so fast. And we knew it wasn't that close because we'd never heard it make a sound. There was an airport kind of near where we used to live, so it wasn't entirely uncommon to hear or see low-flying planes. The second time was a brief instance Thanksgiving night, about three years later. I needed to step outside for some fresh air, and my grandma joined me. I took a moment to look up before realizing that above our house, there was a faint, distant light, changing from red to green to blue. My grandma saw the same thing, but went inside, assuming it was a plane. I stayed out for a few minutes longer watching it, and it never moved, but at one point the blinking stopped entirely, and I couldn't see anything else. I've never been big, too big into paranormal stuff, but these two events have always stood out for me, and I always wish I could get a more concrete explanation than what I have. Uh, no! No, it's a fact! No! I hate it! I hate it! No! Yeah. I hate the... So what <laughs> Do we think do we think this is a fact or a fiction? I think it's fact. I hate those stories. I hate I mean I, it's a great story, but I hate the aliens in the sky that are like oh my gosh. That are like just amorphous shapes. I can't handle it. It's like my Yeah. That are, I It's my greatest oof. fear. <laughs> like inanimate objects Ooh. just I don't know. Or just like it just like hovering. Like a ho- like hovering like spheres or like even like in that military one where they were like it was looked like a tic tac. I'm like, no, 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 I don't like it at all. No. Well, we got we've got mostly facts here, a couple of fictions. Well Whoa, this one's see, real. I knew it. Cause that and this and they also fact. go by airports. No. Yeah, I I live relatively near an airport and I'm like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm, don't come for me. No. 
don't come for me. Yeah. Well, that was a good story. <laughs> no, Holly says Holly noping out is the highlight of the podcast. It's me going, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hate it. Uh, I was watching a friend play Mass Effect the other day, and I, I haven't played it in years. And I still love those games. But, like, the part in Mass Effect 1 where the Reaper shows up for the first time still, like, boogity boogity's me. I Ooh. can't do it. When it comes yeah. down, it's like, Bwah. I'm like, no, I hate it. I can't. <laughs> Yuck. Gosh, this game's so, so good. I'm so scared. I hate it. Anyway, uh, all right. What's our next our next story? I've sent it to you. Oh my god, there's dialogue in this one. Sick. We have a reenactment. Yeah, and there's no no sign off on either of these two. So make sure. Oh no, 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 I have a sign off on this one. This one comes from. It's just it's sandwiched in between here. ATR, which is M four maximum three extruder. I don't know maximum underscore extruder, but with some some numbers okay. in there. All right. Are we ready? Start. Yes. I was visiting my sister, Megan, at her new apartment in Austin. After staying up quite late chatting, she went to bed, and I bedded down in the living room on the pallet she kept for such occasions. Uh, like a pallet of wood, or like... <laughs> I was awakened by some noise. From when I lay, peering through the dim living room into the open kitchen, I could just make out my sister moving about, shifting plates and turning on and off the sink. Thinking she was just washing up after a midnight snack, wash your hands, I resolved to wait out the noise rather than alert her to having awoken me. She soon finished in the kitchen and I dozed off, but only shortly thereafter I was jolted awake again by the blast of a vacuum. I was made quite cross by this, so I rolled to my side and called out to her. She was vacuuming the far side of the living room, seemingly oblivious to my attempts at sleep. Though I knew she was given to cleaning when stressed or vexed, I felt this to be just too much. Megan, I shouted over the din of the vacuum. Could this not wait until morning? She made no reply. She didn't even look at me, but she did turn off the turn off the infernal machine. I rolled onto my back and mumbled a thank you. I was vaguely aware of her passing by the foot of my pallet to place that must be another name of cot. I feel like like bed cot thing. To place the vacuum back in the closet there, I closed my eyes and awaited the sweet embrace of slumber. A third time I was robbed of rest, this time by a plastic scraping sound at the foot of my bed. Wholly exasperated I sat up. There was Megan, crouched at the foot of my bed, trying clumsily, almost mindlessly, to reassemble the accessory tubes that pair with the vacuum. I was just about to voice my consternation when someone walked through the living room towards the kitchen. They passed only inches from Megan where she crouched. I watched as they walked, dumbfounded in my half-dreaming state, for the person who had just entered the kitchen was Megan, yawning and dressed in her PJs. My mind could not comprehend, but the scraping persisted. I turned my gaze back to the figure inches from my feet. An inexplicable horror began mounting in the back of my mind. I whispered, Megan? Though I instantly wished I hadn't. The creature raised her head through a, man a manacle scraping did not stop. I wanted to scream, flee to cover my eyes, hide my soul, but I was petrified. Beyond the figure, I saw my sister, my beloved sister, my real sister, walk past, just out of arm's reach without notice. The thing, just beyond the edge of my sheets, while it's certainly uncannily long limbs and mindless manacle movements turned its head towards me, the blonde hair fell away. It had no eyes, no nose, no mouth, and just the demonical scraping continued. And that's it! Uh, oh no, are you dead? <laughs> what happened to this person? <laughs> Megan! <laughs> Where are they? I just like the- Megan! Megan! Is it a, a doppelganger? Sounds like a doppelganger to me. Oh my god. Oh, was that you, Spellbound Wolf, and then you died? <laughs> oh, no, they're dead. Oh, no. Oh, I hate that one. I feel like TK I know, really yeah. like that one. I need to save that and send it to them. <laughs> this is a great story. I feel that it might be fiction, 
But it does sound like a doppelganger. But it might be fiction. It does. Let's see. I see some fictions in the chat. What I love think? how it was written. And it was good. It was good. Roxy Rondell says fact. Barnes Bottom says fiction. All right. Well, oh, we got you. It's fiction. This one's made Our writers up. got you. Our writers got our writer got you. That's awesome. And thank you, whoever sent it in for sending in stories. I love it when you guys just send in stories that are fiction or fact, regardless. Any yeah. of them. Thank goodness. Sprinkles just said, well thank written. goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. Thank God. I do feel like I do feel like when the stories when the stories are fiction and super scary, it is a relief when they're like it was like in in Beyond Belief when they're like they told the vampire story and like Frakes was like this one's real. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, I was like bullshit. Yeah, I'm bullshit, like, there's Jonathan. no way this was real. Like, there's no vampires. Fine. That was one of the instances where I was like, when they say a similar event did occur, I'm like, yeah, real Re- similar. Yeah, I'm super sure. similar. Like, uh huh. Some people were in the hospital for a time. Right? Like I'm sure it was similar. Oh my god. Oh boy. All right. Okay. Are we ready for another? Okay, ready. And go. Yeah. Uh, This one comes from Kieran or Kieran K on Twitch. This story is from my childhood. I grew up down the street from my best friend and his two younger siblings. The four of us were inseparable and played all sorts of games involving our imaginations and or making potions and destroying action figures with fire or tools of some kind. Yeah, we were fairly unsupervised. We also believed strongly in the supernatural slash magical. And many of our games involve playing in our own made-up worlds. Some of our games definitely tended towards the spooky, but this one in particular was not supposed to be scary, yet it was. We had decided to destroy the small Superman action figure and determined that it would be chopped up with (laughs) a lawnmower. (laughs) We placed the figure in the grass, started the mower, and watched it get chopped to pieces. It's so scary. That would, like, fly everywhere. The next day, we found the figure in my friend's house. He only had one figure and we could see chop marks on it, but we had seen it chopped up into multiple pieces and now it was whole. We all agreed that it just felt evil. Its dark little eyes seemed to stare back at us accusingly, like it knew we tried to kill it and it was angry. We all got super spooked and decided this thing needed to go away. We walked together to the sewer grate in the street across from my friend's house. We wrapped the figure in a plastic bag. I guess we thought that was how you dispose of a body. And tossed it down into the dark. We could still see a hint of blue and red in the bottom of the muck, but we felt better it, that it was away from the house and not coming back. Oh no! Or so we thought. Several days later, we found the figure in my friend's house again. This time it was wet, still scratched from the lawnmower attempt, and looking wrong somehow, like angry and tired at the same time. As children, it really felt like we were fighting some kind of great evil. We decided as a group that the only way to get rid of it for sure was to burn it. So we took it to the cement pad behind the house and watched it burn until it was just a puddle of melted plastic. It never came back again after that. To this day, we we all still remember the evil little Superman and hope he stays gone this time. No, tiny Superman. <laughs> no, Superman. This is the the evil Superman. Parsonsi says it's false. It's based on toy soldiers. I remember that movie. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I remember that. I don't know. I'm going to say it's true. Like, I'm going to say that's fact. Like, haunted toys. Ooh. We got some chinfic. <laughs> Flip-flop the some emojis. I'm seeing mostly fiction here. I know. Toys, can, uh, toys are spooky. I mean, it's spooky. Tiny <laughs> Superman. That darn Superman. Okay, well, 
Ah, the see, I was right. See, no. This no, one's it's real. horrible. Uh, no. Also, you're getting really good at I guessing know, I'm these. Too good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's horrible. What? Yeah, this. Who is? I know this. This is. What was I wrong? Know. I don't know if Kieran's What's here. What's wrong with that little Superman? <laughs> yeah, if Kieran, Kieran, if you're in here, um, what? Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> I'm glad that you destroyed it. The idea of wow. objects dis- like disappearing and coming back is I hate it. Yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah, Kieran's yeah. here, and then it's like, is this? Is this? Do you think it was the figure, or do you think it was something? Yeah, or someone it? just being a douchebag. Or- <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, how would they put it back together? Right. And then, like, how would you get it out of the sewer? Weird. I don't know. That's some wild yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> don't, don't like that. Don't like it. Hate it. Don't like it one bit. Hate it, Kieran. Don't like it. Why was Superman evil? I don't, I don't know. know. He's held to a lot of expectations in his life. Maybe yeah, he got be. tired of it. Well, that was a great, that was great. Again, I feel like all these are just so useful for D&D. Just keep things coming back to scare your players. Okay. Next is another story here, and I'm going to... Yep, I think we have time yeah. for this one. Being good. All right, hold on. Story time. Um, this one comes from... This one comes from Dan, a.k.a. The Villain 76. Right. This is a tale told to me by my dad and dates back to the 1970s. Dad spent his life working as a butcher and worked in several different shops over the years. Back then, his workplace was an old Victorian building that dated back to the end of the 19th century. For some reason now, lost to time, he and his co-workers decided to hold a seance one evening after the shop had closed down in the basement. They didn't have a Ouija board, so they improvised one for themselves, which is what people used to do. They took some... Did, we, did you guys... Someone just sent this today, did they? Anyway. They actually sent this uh No, creepy! I didn't know I was going to talk about Ouija boards! No! <laughs> uh, I hate it! Uh, okay! No! Uh, screams! <laughs> okay. Anyway... Serendip, what is it? Um, not serendipity. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. Hey. Synchronicity. <laughs> ah, that's what it is. Synchronicity. Anyway, I'm done screaming. They didn't have a Ouija board, so they improvised one for themselves. They took some paper labels that were used on the displays for the meat in the shop as the letters and inserted a length of string through a lump of pig fat to use as a candle. An ordinary upturned glass was used to move between the letters, with each of them having one finger on it. He doesn't remember what questions were asked, but the glass began to move around the letters, as you might expect in this situation. But before any messages could be discerned, the glass started to rotate around the whole table faster and faster until it flew straight off the table and smashed against the stone wall of the basement. The startled butchers all looked around in various states of surprise and alarm. One of Dad's co-workers was particularly agitated and claimed to have seen the silhouette of a small child standing on the basement steps for a moment before vanishing. Everyone denied having moved the glass. The whole group were thoroughly spooked by this point and decided to get out and get out of there and go home. Dad set off for, set off for home in his old Renault 12 car. By this point, it was nighttime, and as he was making his way home along the narrow, winding country road, to, or, sorry, narrow, winding country lanes towards home, things began to get scary. In Dad's words, the whole dashboard suddenly went up like a fireworks display. Every light was on, and sparks were flying up from the panel in front of him. Oh my god, it's like Star Trek. Fearing a fire, he cut the <laughs> engine and pulled over. All the lights went out, and the sparks subsided, so he got out and popped the hood to see if he could tell what had happened. It was pitch dark by this point, so he didn't make much progress, and it occurred to him that he was now stranded alone on a dark country road in the middle of the night. After a few minutes of fruitless tinkering, he got back in the car and tried the ignition once again in desperation. 
To his surprise, the car started just fine. All the dashboard lights went back to normal and nothing else seemed to be amiss. After making it home safely, Dad visited a garage the next day to get the electrics checked out, but the mechanics found absolutely nothing wrong with the vehicle, not so much as a popped fuse. What happened that day? Did they awaken something haunting the building that followed them home? Was it all just coincidence and imagination, or did the spirits of a thousand dead animals take what small revenge they could for the years of butchery and dismemberment? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. That was great. Who knows? I think the scariest thing about this is the right? Ouija board. That we were talking about Wait, Ouija I mean, boards. It's a scary story. We were talking but... about Ouija boards, and then the Ouija board came into the stories. No. Synchronicity. I hate it. Spooky. Anyway, I think it's fiction. <laughs> got fiction. We got some facts. I think it's in the fiction. Chat. I don't know. I just have a feeling. I might be wrong. I'm seeing. Well, chat. Chat seems fact. to think mostly fact. Um, well. This one's real. No, I wanted it to be fiction because it was so scary. <laughs> no. Yes, uh, Dan, aka the villain 76, says fact or fiction. If you believe my dad, ah. it's a fact. I have no reason no, to doubt no. him. Ah. Oh my God, I hate it. That was great. Yeah. That was a good story. And it was a Ouija board story. How poignant. Could it not get any better? Yeah. That worked out really no well. Could get no better than that, other than the synchronicity. The crossing of paths of Spooky Saturday, Spooky Scouts. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, do we want to do one more? Yeah. We can. We have. I think we have time. Um, uh, this one comes from Anonymous. So whenever you're ready, let me know. Getting ready. Go. So by my work, there's a farm surrounded by a small bit of woods on all sides. Well, the fields there are, barely bi- are fairly big, so there's multiple scarecrows posted up all around. Nobody seems to pay them much mind, but I find them charming. They're kind of the highlight of my walk to work. One day, while going into work, I noticed that some of the scarecrows were missing from their posts. I figured the farmer must have taken them inside for some repairs or something. They were back on their posts when I left that day, so that was that. One week ago, I was walking home, and the scarecrows were missing from (gasps) their posts again. This time, they were hanging in the woods, dangling from branches or leaning up on trunks. My only guess is they were put there to fake out trespassers. I looked away for only a second before I heard the sound of branches snapping from the woods, and when I looked back, the scarecrows were gone. When I checked the fields, they were back on their posts as if nothing happened. Time will tell if I'll have to find another route to work or not. Ugh. Maybe they were just moving them. Right? Maybe they just wanted to go on a nice little walk? I don't know. I don't know. If someone moves the, moves their scarecrows that much, I think that's creepy anyway. <laughs> they're just like, <laughs> I'm going to move them to freak people out. What's wrong with you? Got to mix it up so those birds don't believe that they're I'm just going to say fact. Chat is, seems pretty split. It seems like we're split on fact or fiction in the chat. Okay. You're going yeah. for fact? Okay. No, we I was wrong you. again. This, this <laughs> one's made, made up. up. Thought it was real. They got you. Our writers got you. Yeah. This is a good one. That was from Anon- Anonymous. That was a good one. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing to end to. Thanks for watching, everyone. I hope that you're all taking care of yourselves. And um, yeah, we have a spooky Saturday Discord, which I'm sorry I haven't been in that much. I want to come in more and, and talk spooky stuff. But uh, and remember, please, please send in your stories if you're bored. Um, and if this if this pandemic and all these horrible things find you at home. 
try writing a story and sending it in to us at spookysaturdaystories at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Take care of yourselves and take care of those around you. These are odd times and uh, I feel like kindness Mm -hmm. is the best thing that we can do. And reading books. And And playing Animal Crossing. Crossing. Exactly. Exactly. I still have my tropical flower from my themed Animal Crossing night where I just played Animal Crossing with vacation shoes. It's amazing. I might stream Animal Crossing later. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. But um, yeah, thank you all for tuning in to Spooky Saturday. We'll see you next week. I'm not sure what we're going to be covering yet, but I will do something similar to this week where we cover some of the the stranger happenings because who knows what could happen in a week? Who knows? The internet could be off. We honestly honestly don't know. So take care of yourselves and we'll see you all hopefully on Saturday. So we'll see you soon. Okay, bye. See you Saturday. Goodbye, Spooky Scouts. Thanks for joining us for Spooky Saturday. I'm Kayla Klein, and you can find me at KaylaKlein.com or on social media as at K-A-Y-N-C-L-I. And I'm Holly Conrad, and you can find me on social media as at Holly Conrad or at Commander Holly. And you can find our clothing store at TrashCoven.com. We hope you enjoyed learning and speculating with us tonight. If you want to find out more about Spooky Saturday and becoming a Spooky Scout, you can find links to our social media, Discord, and more at SpookySaturday.com. Spooky Saturday airs live every Saturday on Twitch.tv slash Holly Conrad at 3 p.m. Pacific.